Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Lynn Freeman, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Many secondary school students are looking forward to a day off tomorrow with midterm break. Term two is a busy time, especially for NCEA students with internal assessments coming thick and fast. Add to that sports commitments, maybe a part-time job and social activity, and it's easy to see how some teens might be struggling to keep it all together. Karen Boys is a teacher author, public speaker and CEO of Spectrum Education. She is a two-time winner of New Zealand Educator of the Year and she's got some tips for teens and the parents of teens feeling the pressure. Karen, welcome. Thanks. Uh, I'm just going back to your school days. Do you remember feeling under pressure? Um, no, no. I was very busy. I was swimming, so twice a day uh, swimming, but I don't remember the pressure of that the students are um, facing now. So do you think it is a tougher time. I think it is because I think it's constant. We could just wait till the end of the year and then uh, put all the effort in then whereas now it's constant over and over every day. You've got to be doing something. So you have the expectations they have on themselves and perhaps also parental expectations. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, then the, and then the school expectation yeah. of getting it done, getting it on on time and often they happen all at the end of the term so the pressure is on. Does it get busy for teenagers particularly around now? I mean, it doesn't help that it's winter, and winter has arrived, for sure. It's really cold. Uh, so bring all these two t- things together, it feels like a really tough time. Maybe we think the end of the year is a tough time with <laughs> exams, but middle of the year, pretty tough? Um, absolutely. As a, and again, it's the end of the term. A lot of the assignments are due. A lot of the internal assessments are happening. And uh, right now, winter sport's starting. So there's that change of focus for many students as well if they're playing sport. So there's a lot going on. And if they have a job as well, it's trying to fit it all in. It can be um, quite mind-blowing for a young teenager. There's a lot of discussion about NCEA, of course, at the moment, with the Ministerial Advisory Group suggesting abolishing exams for Level 1. I don't know if you've got had a chance to have a think about that, Karen. Oh, I think it would be it? a great idea. <laughs> Why? Yes. Um, well, I think we need to go back and think what's the purpose of school. And, of course, school was designed um, originally for the manufacturing uh, era for in, in New Zealand, uh, the original... Uh, school cert was designed to fail 50% of students, keep them on the farms, keep them on the land, keep them in the factories. We don't have that world anymore. The 21st century is very, very different. And being able to just uh, measure intelligence or success by being able to memorise something for a test or an exam is so antiquated. So it's really looking at um, revolutionising the whole system, I think, um, which is exciting. So what what changes would you like to see? What do you think could help? 
Well, first of all, um, I love this idea of project-based learning, and um, I love the idea of real-world skills so that students are learning things that are going to help them uh, when they leave school. I think when we look at the 21st century, one of the, some of the futurists are talking about 40% of our five-year-olds are going to be self-employed. That's the only form of ed- uh, income they will have. And to be self-employed, you need very different skills. In school, it's designed for employees, turn up on time, do as you're told, do the work, get it done, clock out at the end of the day, don't rock the boat, an employee mentality. But self-employed, you need a very different mentality. What do you do when you don't have any work? What do you do when uh, you're stuck, when you don't know what to do? And so for me, that's really the crux of this education system in the 21st century. Are we preparing students for the challenges, for the ability to be able to think their way through the challenges? You know, what do they do uh, when they can't find their keys, when the bus doesn't come, when their car doesn't work, when they have to talk to people they don't understand? Uh, And so those are the sort of things, skills that I think are far more important than being able to pass a test. This is such an interesting counter too. I don't know if you heard our first hour interview about Michaela Community School, which is dubbed Britain's strictest school, run along military lines. If you're a few seconds late doing something, you may well get demerit points, which will lead to detention. It is very strict, basically wow. down to the second, yes. yeah, which is the opposite of what you're talking about. We've had quite some conversations with listeners about project well, I'm not sure learning. if it's the opposite. I didn't hear it, but um, I think there's... Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of rote learning. Okay, so mm. n- not that, but I think there's a lot of merit in knowing that being on time is important, that um, having um, those skills to make sure you are able to get the work done in time, that sort of thing is really important. You recently visited the Khan Academy School in San Francisco. How does that work? So Khan Lab School uh, uh, has been founded by Sal Khan, who's from Khan Academy, and uh, it's fascinating. They do many different things. First of all, they don't just have teachers who teach content. They have teachers who coach students, so each child will have a 30-minute coaching session with a coach uh, to where are they at, where are they going every week. So they're focusing on their progress. Uh, But the one thing that was really fascinating as far as uh, the NCA debate is concerned is is that there's 150 schools, including Khan Lab School, which have won the right in America to uh, not have grade point averages to go into university or college, so that uh, they're providing portfolio of evidence. Um, what can they actually do? And so the portfolio of evidence is far stronger of what a student can do than just being able to pass a test on one day. You're sold on that idea, aren't you? <laughs> I'm very sold on it. <laughs> Nonetheless, we are stuck with the current system for now. Yes. Uh, and we were looking at things like time management, and that's one of the things we want to discuss today, to try yes. young people and their families fit in everything that they want to fit in without you know, the, the consequences that could come if it all turns to custard for them. Absolutely. So that time management is important. And um, I think I learned really good time management as a student because I was a swimmer, uh, because uh, when you get up at uh, four or five o'clock in the morning and then you, you know, you're rushing to get to school and then you're training after school again, you didn't, I didn't have a lot of time. So I learned to manage that time. So having a diary, making sure I planned out the week, when was I going to do my maths and my English and my geography and learning those planning skills. But often as 
students don't uh, necessarily have uh, guidance on how to do that. And there are many online diaries you can get or just a paper and pen diary that you can use just to manage that time and know, you know, what is it I'm going to do? But of course, there's so many distractions for our learners right now. What I mean, the other thing you had, of course, was sport is discipline. And it does take discipline, doesn't it? It does take discipline. It's nice to have a diary and you have everything. I know. (laughs) Hands up for this one. Uh, And you have a plan. But it's also sticking with it. Absolutely. And that discipline is the discipline you need when you're being self-employed because no one's checking you went to work. No one's checking you've done the work. And uh, so having that self-discipline and learning it um, as early as we can is really important. What about downtime? Because the other thing you have to factor in, you might be able to squeeze in your homework and your sport and and, uh, that sort of thing. But somewhere along the line, you have to surely leave yourself time just to, to dream, to to breathe, you know, to chill. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's um, sometimes you just have to diary that in too. And what, diary, uh, at, at <laughs> nine o'clock, dream and do it all for 10 minutes. Yeah? Yes, yeah. Like I've actually penciled out in my diary tomorrow for a writing day. So the whole day I'm going to be writing. And uh, that may or may not happen, you know, as I imagine inside my head, but I've got no meetings and nothing. And so... I can I can hopefully get it done. So it's just that uh, for students going, you know, I'm important, my well-being's important, and I'm going to uh, go for a swim or I'm going to go and go for a run or I'm going to just have some time just to be right now because that's what I need. Do boys struggle with this time management more than girls? Um, possibly. Possibly. Boys tend to be a bit more um, impulsive uh, as a generalisation, whereas girls tend to be planning a little bit better at the planning idea. Although it really depends. Uh, if you're a perfectionist, uh, you're going to be you know, spending a lot more time and it probably, don't know, that the research on this is probably more perfectionist girls than perfectionist boys. I really don't know. Uh, but yeah, in tendency, the boys tended to do better when it was like, you know, just do a week of study and boom, you're done. Whereas the girls tend to be able to do it over a sustained longer period of time. That um, perfectionism is a real issue though, isn't it? it because is. I would certainly link that with anxiety and I've seen Absolutely. that in younger members of, you know, my family that it's almost mm. like an epidemic. Absolutely. Really. Yes. Uh, and that perfectionism is, t- is tied up into the low self-esteem because it's what if the they get the good work done then people go oh you're amazing so they feel better about themselves so they're tying that great work into who they are but it's not actually who they are there are some uh, young people who end up pulling all-nighters to get things finished I mean this is this has been an issue uh, before sometimes drugs come into it of course that makes it more seriously but it, should it ever come down to that the whole cramming well, I don't know. When you think about adults, there are times that I do, uh, not quite all-nighters, but, you know, I've got so much to get done and I just, just do what it takes to get it done. But I think the all-nighters happen because they haven't had the good time management and they haven't done the, the little bits over time. So I think, again, that comes down to time management. So is this an issue for parents and or teachers to work with the, the young people? Both, absolutely. So great teachers give students milestones. They say, you know, you need to get this bit done by this stage, this bit done by this stage. And uh, and I, um, my own daughter's English teacher said uh, to us just the other day, if you get your draft in on this date, I'll, I'll look at it and 
give you some feedback and then you get your second draft in by this date. I'll look at it and give you some in your third draft. Uh, and so the teachers are actually giving them milestones and giving them opportunities to get better and get feedback. And uh, But the students actually still have to put the effort in and actually bother to put the first and second draft in. Well, that ties in with a, a, a text from a sceptical listener saying, look, all of what you're talking about involves other people supporting and making it happen for young people. It feels like the onus is always on others with the young people uh, and not the, the young person themselves. You know, are we making a generation of needy babies? <laughs> are um, we making a generation of needy babies, Karen? <laughs> I, think, um, I think there's some uh, truth to that. Um, I think what happens and what I see when I go into schools and when I work with students is they don't want to do the hard anymore because the hard has been done for them and there was a big sign on the buses a while ago that said to get to hard sorry to get to easy you have to go through hard and our children don't want to do hard anymore and often it's because in the busy parent life when they're little we tie their shoelaces we we're in that hurry syndrome and we do everything for them uh, and they don't learn that independence so being able to uh, um allow these students to to learn those skills and to be able to work through the hard to get to the easy is so important. It's one of the big messages I talk to students about because it's hard to learn the things you don't know. It's hard to do this, but the more we do it, the easier it gets. So I think sometimes we have to step back and stop rescuing, stop um, uh, and allowing students to struggle a little bit and allowing them to... uh, uh, even fail and that's that's a dirty word in this uh, world right now isn't it parents don't want their children to fail but actually I think they should nutrition I know also uh, Karen is a big factor and you're a big believer in, in brain food brain food there are 10 top foods that are great for the brain according to Eric Jensen one of the top researchers around the brain and so they are uh, blueberries nuts uh, fish uh, broccoli um Bananas. Uh, what quinoa? else we got? Is quinoa in there? Um, no, you're screwing your face probably, up. Well, it's Let's not one of the quinoa. top ten, but maybe it wasn't around when he designed these. <laughs> so, uh, bananas, yogurt, uh, and I'm very clear when we talk about yogurt, we're not talking about dairy food. We're talking about cultured yogurt. Uh, so whole grain bread, uh, which is probably where your grains and your quinoa come in. Uh, spinach and tomatoes and olive oil. So um, those are the supposedly 10 top brain foods and uh, you know the more we eat those the better we can become but even without those good nutrition is good nutrition. important if they're, if they're just not you can't afford those they're not on your budget just making sure a young person is eating well Absolutely, important and regularly. Yeah, yes. and exercise too. We were talking before, gosh, so many of the, uh, the young people these days have so many uh, s- sports on that, and there can be several I don't know physically how they manage it so it's a big commitment, it's great because we're so concerned about um, everybody being too too lazy but um, is it important that if they're not one of their activities is not sport that the young people are encouraged to get exercise of some kind. Absolutely. Um, so getting off that couch and um, actually moving the body, getting the blood flowing, doing something huffy-puffy, even if it's just for four minutes a day. So a friend of mine talks about snacking on exercise. So it doesn't have to be long periods of time. You don't have to go to the gym. Just run up and down the stairs for a minute. Do that four times a day. Just get the blood flowing and get your, um, your lungs pumping. 
Here we have a, a from Sue a text saying, look, it's a great subject. My dyslexic perfectionist daughter we tried to help with time management and timetabling all through high school. She didn't want to know. Now at university, she does everything last minute. We'll be up all night getting her work done. Very stressed. Any hints on a better um, way of helping our next also dyslexic daughter, hopefully not also perfectionist? Gosh, that's a tough combo. It is a tough combination. Yeah. Um, do you know, I truly believe that these children need to le- sometimes learn their own journeys. And uh, so for your first daughter, you know, she's uh, she might just come to this realisation one day that, you know, the night before isn't enough and she doesn't get to where she wants to go and realise that, hey, maybe I need to do something different. But again, if we keep rescuing them, we keep doing it for them, they don't learn that lesson. So it's a tough lesson to learn uh, and really tough as parents to watch your children struggling. But sometimes that's what makes them strong. So it's good to have big sisters because I have two and they can make the mistakes for you. Absolutely. You learn from them. <laughs> Thank you, my two. Um, another uh, listener saying, our son came home from school yesterday frustrated that some of his project team members in class didn't contribute to their task, yet got the same marks as those who did contribute. Uh, you know, no input, yet got the same reward. And that can be frustrating, can't it? Yeah, and, and disencouragement. A, and so that's a... It's a Adult lesson learnt young, isn't it? Because doesn't that happen in the corporate world? Doesn't that happen all over the place? You know, doesn't that happen in families? You know, uh, so um, yes, it's frustrating and it's really challenging. And uh, but we still have to teach our children to do the right thing. You are just to bring this to a close, Karen. You are a great believer also in gratitude. Absolutely. Positive thinking, yeah? Positive thinking. There's some wonderful research, and I wrote it down to make sure I could tell you it exactly, <laughs> uh, that says that teens who practice uh, gratitude on a daily basis uh, increase positive emotions, optimism, they decrease the negative emotions, the physical negative physical symptoms, and they're more connected and satisfied with school, family, and friends. So just being able to see the things that we're grateful for every day. Well, we're grateful that you came in. Karen, great to Thank talk you. to you. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.